Bowlers. Listen up, bowlers. Are you looking to gain mental focus over your competition? Do you ever need that extra burst of all natural energy during league play? MindFrame is the first all natural supplement packed with vitamins and all natural ingredients to keep bowlers at the top of their game. Supports muscle recovery and joint support for the day after that long tournament. You cannot continue to neglect your most important tool, your body, if you want to win. Experience the striking power of MindFrame. Visit s3direct.com. That's s3direct.com. Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowlers Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is president of Mo Rich Industries, Mo Pinnell. Mo, Tim Berg, and Joy Sarar, thank you for joining us today. Good to be with you guys. So, uh, as you know, Tim and I began this about a year ago, and uh, we, we dubbed the name Above 180 because the, the main concept of our show is to help bowlers who are becoming a little bit more serious in the sport uh, get to that next level. It seemed, in, in my experience with, with bowlers, once bowlers reached that 180 average point, they started becoming a little bit more aware of the importance of coaching, uh, the importance of practice, the importance of equipment, and uh, basically just gaining knowledge to, to try and get to that next level. And once they're at 180, they want to see 200 eventually. So being a, a silver-level coach... Uh, you, you've experienced a lot of bowlers that are, are trying to get to that next level. Do uh, you want to kind of expound on that more or, or what current or common problems you see bowlers that they have in their game and, and easy suggestions or good suggestions that they can, they can use practically to, uh, to achieve that success? Sure, we can go through that because uh, that's, the, that's the group that I do a vast majority of my coaching with. There are some really good schools and really good camps for the lower levels of players. You've got Richter and other schools that do that. And, and once they get to a certain level of proficiency, then they want to uh, develop their own games. And uh, that's when I usually end up doing most of my coaching with those people all the way up to, as you know, the highest level of, of professional. So, uh, yeah, uh, co- coaching is interesting because – Bowling is about tools and techniques, is the way I like to teach it. You have to develop the techniques that allow you to repeat what you're doing, and then you have to learn what tools are available to you to take your game and adapt it to the bowling environment in which you're bowling. Because there are no style points in bowling. It's all about how many pins you knock down. It's the only way to keep score in this game. So you need the techniques in order to repeat and get a consistent ball motion, and then you need to know what tools are available for you to adapt that ball motion to the bowling environment of that day so you can maximize your scoring potential. That's the way, that's the way I basically approach the problem. So, Mo, you, you, joined the, you began your love affair with bowling in, in the early 1970s, joining the Pro Tour, correct? Well, what happened to me is, is uh, I did a few things after I got out of school because uh, I didn't want a real job. So I uh, raced cars for a while, worked for Chrysler, and then I played tennis. And then I realized I was a mediocre tennis player. I'd gotten into the ranked in the top 180 in the world 
had gotten to the point where that's 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 a speed and reaction time sport. You're only going to do so good. So again, because I was energetic and interested in athletics, and I started bowling. And uh, I didn't pick up a bowling ball until 1970. And in 1972, I practiced a lot. I was a compulsive practicer. In 1972, I was fortunate enough to make a little over 80000 as an amateur, which would be a nice career today. But they were paying money in those days. So that's what started me because I, I was reasonably successful. And I went from there on to the tour for a while, found out I was a mediocre touring professional, and decided that uh, I wanted to be part of the game of bowling and... Uh, Wanted to get involved in teaching and ball dynamics, all those things that are going on because of the engineering background. So that's how I ended up where I am. I'm a perfect example of those who can't do, those who can't teach. So there you are. Here I am. So how did you get your first break into the industry? Uh, 1976. came off, Oh, actually 1973 during the break in uh, in the winter because I wasn't doing it full-time at that time. Uh, a friend of mine that I knew at Cornell University wanted me to teach bowling in their phys ed department. So for one year, I taught bowling in the phys ed department at Cornell University, just teaching as a phys ed class, just teaching them bowling. Did a little coaching with their team at the time and then uh, went to work in uh, Syracuse, New York, doing lanes in a 72-lane bowling center. I did lanes for an entire year in a 72-lane bowling center. I uh, did uh, learn to do recoding and uh, was doing that. Waterbase came along. I had to call the company I was, I was, whose product I was using and tell them, by the way, this is going to peel. And they told me, no, it's not. I said, your intercode adhesion is not good enough. Well, October of that year, they started peeling everywhere they're going. And they called me up and said, by the way, do you think you can fix that peeling problem? I said, absolutely. So I went to work for Polychem as their technical director because they had a problem I had to solve. So it's kind of a problem-solving thing all the way down the line. Once I got into Polychem, that's uh, that's what I did. Then I resurfaced for a living. Then I bought Mohawk Lanes, was there for five years, and then had resurfaced by us, which kept me going until we started designing bowling balls, and I designed my first production bowling ball, came on the market in 1991. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is Mo Pinnell. Mo is the president and CEO of Mo Rich Enterprises. Mo, one of the things that Joey turned me on to when I started, uh, he started drilling my equipment was the dual angle technologies. And what we've really seen, and I've been following this now since Joey brought it up to me, uh, is it's really being embraced by the industry from, from everyone these days, from Ebonite with their new technology that they have. Uh, wanted to, I guess, just get your thoughts uh, because you are the uh, inventor of that and one of the, the first guys to actually use it when it came to drilling bowling balls, and uh, just explain that to everyone. Drilling techniques have always been important. I did my first copyrighted drilling technique in the late 80s called power-rated drilling techniques. And I went from that, and then we learned how to use uh, mass properties and pin-to-PAP distances and angles to do things, and then I developed the hot spot drilling technique for hammer in which we used uh, pin to PAP distance and then mass bias to PAP distance and then what was called a pin buffer at the time. Storm's still using that system. But in the mid-2000s, I looked at it and said, this is, this is just a little cumbersome. And when, when I developed the dual-angle drilling techniques, it's nothing new. It's just a fresh way of looking at it 
so that when you make your decisions as to the drilling angle, the pin to PAP distance, and the angle to the VAL, when you made that decision, you defined the ball motion. So what it keeps in the mind of the ball driller is he's always got in his mind the resulting ball motion, which is what we're looking for when he does a layout. So all it is is another part of terminology and allows you to have a fresh perspective so that when you're done with the layout, you can anticipate exactly the way that ball is going to roll. So it's just a, it was just a, a fresher look at it, and uh, we've copyrighted it. And, uh, yeah, it has been embraced by the industry. 2007, I traveled the country and taught it to, for different distributors, plus I used it for the first time in the advanced certification class for Ipsy in 2007. And, yeah, it's caught on. And the only reason I think it's caught on is it works. And if it works, it catches on. So I'm pretty happy about that. You know, Mo, and, and I will verify it works because uh, I've long been a disciple of yours. I can't say I believe or agree with everything you've said over the years, but 90%. And, uh, and I've used it during ball testing as well as with my customers, and, and the validity is there. Uh, it was refreshing for me personally to see Ebonite International use it with their new software that they have on the market called Blueprint, which is, to me, uh, the way of the future right now for pro shops. It uh, again, they are not an ally of yours since Brunswick makes your products. Yet they found the validity of dual angle terminology uh, using it in their software. Uh, did they approach you for permission to use that, or is that uh, is it readily available to anyone to use? Well, it's readily available to use because we teach it, but it's not readily available to uh, reproduce. And since they're just using it and they're not reproducing it, it's copyrighted so that if somebody's going to teach it to someone, they've got to get written permission to print it or to teach from it. But, yeah, they're using it. And it's really interesting that they were because at first, as it is true with a lot of things, uh, their comment or initial comment was smoke and mirrors. And so there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in their dual angles. But when they got together with the kids from MIT that wrote the software, for the blueprint software, and these kids are sharp, okay? The terminology of the dual angle was the easiest and most effective way to put it as part of the software. So the kids realized that, hey, this is the accurate way to describe the layout so that we can orient the core, so we can move the core around in the ball to give, so when we do the, uh, when we do the mass properties of it, we get exactly what we want. So it's again, the fact that it does work is why they did it, and I appreciate the fact that they did it. And, yeah, it's, it's used to describe it. The kids that wrote the code for uh, Blueprint are the ones that realize that this is the best terminology to use in order to describe the motion, to describe the location of the core in the ball. Right. So, so in other words, math is truth. Uh, a friend of mine, Steve Freshour, who does all my CAD work for me on Bowling Chat, uses that nickname, Math is Truth. Yes, he does, and uh, I, that segues us perfectly into the, the bowlingchat.net website, which I have frequent, frequented, I don't know since it's, pers- uh, you know, since it's beginning or not, but, but I go there all, all the time. I mean, every day, every other day, I'm there to either lurk or listen or learn or, or contribute to it. Uh, was that your brainchild, Mo? No, this belongs to Eric Moret from... Uh, uh, the Albany area in New York, in Malta, actually, I think he's from. And I got turned on to him 
after I had a little uh, discrepancy with Bowling Ball Exchange. And I had avoided the websites in bowling because there's too much bickering and name-calling and things like that on a lot of the websites, so I don't like them. But when I talked to Eric, Eric asked me to come on board and do a Mo and Friends forum. When he announced that I was coming on board, they had 46 people, and that was in January of 10. They had 46 members. I'm looking at the site right now, and there's 1,485 members a year and a half later. So that's cool. And what I like about it is it's a very intellectual, and the website is full of character. And one of the props on the website at the top is called the Wiki, W-I-K-I, which stands for Wikipedia. And if you go on the Wiki, there's tons of reference material, and I'm sure you've been through it, Joey. Oh, yeah. I appreciate your contributions there because you, your posts are very effective when you post on Bowling Chat. But for the people that want to know where it is, it's forum, F-O-R-U-M dot bowlingchat.net. And join us and uh, a lot of problem solving, a lot of discussion. And like Joey said before, he said he doesn't agree 100% with everything that I was teaching coming up or I was saying coming up. But intelligent discussion is part of the learning process. Well, Mo, when you bring intelligent discussion, Mo, when you bring up a very good point, a lot of these forums, people just kind of get sick and tired of them because there, there's just name calling or nothing get accomplished or constant griping from people. But bowling forum and, and, and your bowling chat is a place where people can actually go and get results and get information that they can use to help them improve their game. Because let's be honest, that's what we all want here. I did notice last week there was a thread started. You apparently you have 5,000 posts in over a year. So people are wondering, how do you, how do you, where do you find time between all your coaching and all your clinics and all your Morich responsibilities? How do you find time to post 5,000 times? Simple. I don't sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night and come on and, 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 and handle two or three questions and then go back to sleep. That's just, I take, I take, uh, two, three hour naps or three, two hour naps every night. That's my sleeping habit. That's, that's awful. That's awful, but it's just the way I am. And then I guess the other question I have for you is talk to the, the, the bowler. Like you said, our, like Joey mentioned, our site is for bowlers, people looking to improve their game. Kind of let people know that there's stuff on the site and, and forums for people that are looking to get above 180, maybe the beginner or someone who is in that 180 to 200 average. What can they expect and how can they gain some knowledge on this site? Yeah, on Bowling Chat, it's real simple because I've got, we've got a gentleman that handles the coaching. His name is Jim Merrill from Cincinnati. He's an excellent coach, and he's, he writes very well, and he's patient. And uh, Jim Merrill, we have coaching forums. So we have certified coaching and coaching discussion. So if you want to ask a certified coach and you have a question about delivery or anything to do with coaching, you pose the you post the question and start the thread on coaching on certified coaching. If you want to have an open discussion about it, you go on coaching discussion. So that's there's coaching forums, there's Mo and Friends, and there's general forums on bowling chat. And Joey, you know as I do that Jim Merrill is very detail oriented and a superior coach, especially in his video analysis. I think his video analysis is superb, don't you, Joe? Well, I, I do, Mo, and, you know, we've long known, you know, bowling has seen the decline in numbers for 20, 30 years now. The only way to retain bowlers and gain new bowlers that, that stay with the sport is is through improvement. Uh, you know, any sport that I take up, if I don't see improvement soon, you, you get sick and tired of it, you move on to a different sport. So... To keep young bowlers involved in our sport, 
if they see constant improvement as they progress and then start off at that 120, 130 average, and then they see a 10-pin increase, another 10-pin increase, they're more likely to stay with our sport, you know, learn and learn to love it. And uh, again, it, that, that's what's going to build bowling back up again is through coaching. Yeah, I believe, I believe you're 100% correct. And uh, I'm doing a new theme on my seminars. I do different types of seminars during the year, different types of clinics. And, and, and the theme I'm using this year is the true system of bowling. Understand what each integer does to the entire system of bowling, because it's a systems analysis. But what bowling needs, and here's where we, here's where we have this issue. Uh, we've got the best technology ever. We've got the best bowling balls ever. And if people don't think that, they're not paying attention. Uh, we have more electronic files to use, more analysis to do, and everything else like that. So we're getting better at our sport as far as teaching it and developing it, and yet the numbers are going down. And, and people have lost sight of, uh, of something I consider is very important. And I have a phrase that I use in, in virtually all my seminars that says, what bowling needs is more bowlers enjoying bowling more and therefore bowling more often. And that's where you get into the coaching. Personal satisfaction is what drives someone when they're trying to develop. It's the personal satisfaction, the sense of accomplishment, the sense of improvement that drives that person. And you don't do that in cosmic bowling on Friday and Saturday night in the bowling center. Great that, point, Mo. Well said. And, Mo, actually, you know what we'd like to do? Uh, we're going to have to wrap it up. That uh, That's going to have to do it for this edition of the Above180.com podcast. We would like to have you back, though, and we really need to get into some of the uh, some of the great technology and some of the great equipment you guys have at MoRich. So can you promise, will you join us coming up here uh, here again soon? Sure. It'd be my pleasure, man. Great. For Tim Berg, Joy Serrar, and Mo Pinnell, this has been uh, Above180.com podcast. Good luck and good bowling. 